Hey mamas, and welcome to the Entering Motherhood podcast. This is your one-stop, go-to place for getting you from feeling drained, exhausted, and unfulfilled in motherhood to feeling more energized, organized, and accomplished. That's the vision I continue to navigate towards, and that's the vision we are sharing with you, focusing on holistic alternatives and restructuring your mind, body, and soul from the inside out. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Bilger, a wife, mom of two, mechanical engineer, VBAC mom, and doula, serving mamas through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. If you're here for this, if you're as pumped up as I am and searching for that fire that you know is deep inside of you, then let's go. Let's uncover what it truly means to enter motherhood. You are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hey mamas, how are you? I am so excited to bring this episode to you today. Happy Labor Day. I hope you are enjoying your day. And specifically, I'm really excited to share this episode with you today because Lena and I, we talked about just really the lifestyle of of what it's like to be a mother and also to pursue a career and how we need to be more accommodating in the workplace for mothers and just parents in general even. We go into the cost of childcare and dealing with flexibility for sick days and when childcare isn't available and really just what that looks like and and what our schedules are. We go into detailed explanations of what our schedule is like. And while some things have changed since the recording of this episode, there is a lot of structure still in how we need to incorporate integrating work and family life and what that really looks like. And, you know, not only the cost of childcare, but the logistics of it and the mom guilt behind it. You know, we both express what that journey was like and having to put our children in childcare or navigating, you know, trying a nanny or daycare or the different options that are available and the costs surrounding that. And In this episode specifically, she was talking about, you know, building upon her family and what that would look like expanding her family. And she is actually pregnant right now with their second. So really just kind of grasping what it looks like for each time you are entering motherhood, every time you expand your family, the adjustments that come with that and really integrating your work schedule with your family schedule and finding that purpose and fulfillment and really having it all come together. And so I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we loved creating it. And here it is. Hello and welcome to Entering Motherhood. (laughs) Happy to have you here and really excited to get this conversation started. So how about we start things off by you introducing yourself? Sure thing. Hello and thank you for having me. I am so jazzed to learn that you are also a working mama, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. My name's Lena. I'm the host of the New Mamas podcast. Similar to Sarah's podcast, we are talking about life in the fourth trimester that 
crazy newborn stage. But then as my child is growing, I'm sort of talking about other topics too, like toddlerhood. And I really talk about everything. I talk a lot about mental health because I've been on my own mental health journey. So I sort of tie in my podcast with a lot of like personal diaries and personal stories. It kind of feels like uh, like a di- like I don't know podcast vlog or podcast blog now, but it's it's fun. I fun facts. I live in New Jersey on a six acre farm. I'm a working mom, and I have four dogs, two cows, and twelve chickens. And that is my fun fact. I love <laughs> <a> that crazy <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah, I did not know like the extent of your farming and gardening and everything of that sort. So like six acres, that's a lot to upkeep. E? Yes. Yeah. So like we were talking about like things we do. Like so Sarah and I were talking before we hit record about like all the different things we do. And we're going to talk about that. But yeah, I just my husband and I became accidental farmers because we lived in, so we lived in Boston, really short. I'll keep this quick. We lived in Boston. My husband is doing his PhD in ethnomusicology. So the study of music, he's studying Thai music. So we moved to Thailand for two years and just living in, we lived in Bangkok, which is like a big, crazy city, really fun. But in traveling to all these places, we rescued, we also rescued three dogs while we were there. So moving back to the States, we realized that our tiny home in Boston wasn't going to cut it for these three big, basically feral animals. So we decided we needed some space. My husband's from New Jersey, ended up about an hour and a half outside of New York City on these six acres and and then somehow acquired these cows and chickens. And now I'm accidentally farming. I don't know how to grow a thing, but I'm working on it. It's a lifelong, lifelong journey, lifelong learning. Right. And you have all your life to do it. That goes back to another thing that we were talking about. But yeah, I totally want to jump into the fact that we are both working moms and we are podcasting. So it's kind of like those layers of people uncovering and figuring out like, wait, like you're a podcaster and you also work and you're a mom and you're like, there's so many different layers to what our life can look like. And I think a lot of the times it's hard for people to understand that you are a mom and also working like just those two things. So what do you find, I guess, like going back to maybe when you were pregnant, what was your working life looking like? And what did you think your motherhood experience was going to be like as a working person? Yeah, great question. I So I had a full-time job in corporate when I was pregnant. I worked for a healthcare company in Philly. So I, and I would commute two hours to the office. And I remember actually there was this one time because I'll drive my car to the train station park and then get on a train and go into Philly. Well, when I came back, like on my way home, I walked to my car and the two cars that were parked next to me were parked so close that I couldn't get into my car with my big belly. So there I was like, I don't know, very pregnant. And I had to crawl into the front seat from the trunk with my big old belly trying to like Cirque du Soleil. So that was, I never would have anticipated that. I don't know if I had a vision for when I gave birth. I think my thought was just like, oh, it's just a little baby. How hard could it be? I went back to work after six weeks. That's all the maternity leave that this company offered. 
which was a very jarring experience because, you know, at six weeks, and I remember thinking this, I don't know what your experience looked like, but at six weeks, that child is still a newborn. Like my son, Archie was still attached to me. I, I nursed, so I breastfed. He was still actively breastfeeding. I had no help because it was, you know, pandemic times and didn't have external help. It was, uh, it was jarring. Like that was the experience, but, and I had small dreams of quitting my job and being a stay at home mom for a little bit. Like I, I remember distinctively thinking, especially since my company at the time was not very motherhood friendly. I think that has a lot to do with why so many women leave the workforce too. For example, there was, um, he was making little cooing sounds um, on a call and someone was like can someone put like whoever has that baby uh, with them put yourself on mute just like that and mm. you can imagine like how insecure and like how you felt I didn't even know that the mic was picking up those little like gurgly baby sounds but like that was a very negative experience so I think that's when I started to dream a little bit about leaving my job and then I was interviewing and this is all interviewing as a mom with a newborn is also very interesting. I was a, doing a video interview just like how I am now with you on Zoom, but I had my camera angled up to just so my face. So you couldn't really see below my neck. And I was like, oh, wait, how am I going to keep this baby quiet for the whole hour of this interview? So I decided to breastfeed my son because I thought, okay, this is a perfect way to keep him from like making any noises. And it worked, except during the interview, he stuck up his little hand into the frame of the video and started like waving it around. I feel like most people would think that's kind of cute, but the, the gal who was interviewing me was very early in career. So I think she didn't have a lot of, you know, fresh out of college. Don't think she had a lot of experience with working moms. And I just remember her demeanor completely changed. It was very interesting. And she was the recruiter. So she was like that first step in the process. And when it came to skills and if I was a good fit for the role, my resume matched that role perfectly. There was no reason why I should not have moved into that, into the interview process, but they passed on me and I can't help but feel like it was because she saw that I was breastfeeding or had a baby while on that interview. So that was a jarring experience. Sorry, but that was really long-winded. Yeah. Did that even answer no. your question? <laughs> I was going to say, I can't even remember what like, I think it was just like, what did you kind of think motherhood would be like, like when you were pregnant yeah. and everything as working? But yeah, I think it's just those like, maybe it's like unconscious bias, you know, like mm -hmm. we're not really quite sure like how to address these issues. Like I was on a call the other day and somebody was like, oh, sorry. Like I had to put myself on mute because I just got a call from daycare. Like my daughter threw up like all over herself. So it's like, you know, as a parent, like I'm like, okay, cool. Like I get that. But like, we were on a group of like 10 people and like my company, I think is very understanding of these kinds of things. Like they will say like, okay, like, you know, family like is a priority, like go and do that, address that, things like that. And I think like we have to understand like family and work are both top priorities. Like you can have both of those things be a priority. And if you're working for a company that is like, oh no, you have to give me your all and like family comes second, 
you know, in this day and age, like, I feel like it's like, Red we flag. have, to, right. <laughs> like we have to be accommodating for those things. And if you're in a position that like, you're not feeling that, I think that's where we, we, we need to shift the culture of what the work environment can look like for parents instead of saying like this work environment doesn't work if you're a parent because you know especially being in a very like male dominated field and like I know you're in tech so like I don't know what the ratio is for your work but you know both parents are potentially working like women want to be in the workforce like we want to be an employee but like you have to have that you know, flexibility and accommodations in order for it to work out or else like we will have those thoughts of like, well, if this isn't working out for me, like, should I leave? And then what do we do? Like, are we all going to become like entrepreneurs? Because we were talking earlier too, like, that's a very demanding job as well. So it's just kind of, you know, like, how can we reshape corporate America if like, we're focusing even just on that extent to be more accommodating for families? Because I think men, also need this accommodation. It's not For just sure. us. Um, you know, like my husband, he'll whole leave early. Like if I have a meeting late and he'll um adjust to my schedule and I'll adjust to his, but like we're doing it together. And like our employers are very much like, yeah, like do what you need to do. Like work when you need to work and like show up when you need to show up and be there for your kids because they know that we have two young kids. Um and yeah, I think it would be a different story if like my work wasn't so um, flexible and yeah accommodating for that. Yeah, I agree. So fast forward, I did find a job at a company that is so working parent friendly. And what really changed the game for me was that my team, we're all parents of young children so every, I mean, and you know what it's like every week, one of us will write in the space. So-and-so is homesick with me, but like, and everyone just gets it. And I think the way that we can change things in corporate for working parents, working women, especially is to have more women in leadership positions that are mothers and that are open about being mothers. I think traditionally, like even my mom, actually so funny, even my mom told me when I was interviewing don't tell them you have a kid. Try to hide that you're a mom. Like crazy, but that's kind of like that old narrative of that you don't have a family. And I think it's having more women leaders. Like actually there's a woman leader at my company that will breastfeed on video calls and she leads a global team. And that is so inspiring because she's a mom of three and she still does her work like brilliantly and leads a team brilliantly, but is also a mom. Now she mm-hmm. has, though we should talk, we could talk about like how do, we should walk, talk about the how-tos, like how to be a working mom. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I learned the hard way is that if you are going to be a working mom, it's really hard to juggle. So I, my experience was I kept my son home until he was seven months. So for seven months of his life, I juggled working and being with him. And that was really hard because it felt like I wasn't giving anyone a hundred percent. I felt like I was giving 50% of myself to each role. Right. And that was a really crappy feeling. I, so then seven months, I tried a nanny for a month and it didn't work out for us. There were some issues there and we ended up on daycare 
And I, that was, that's really hard. And it's really hard. Like, I mean, we can go into the cost of childcare. It's really, that's also what keeps women out of the workforce too. I have some friends that left the workforce because the, just the, the cost of childcare for their children, it didn't make sense for them to work. They're basically working to foot that daycare bill. So that system is absolutely broken. But I remember the first day of daycare, dropping my son off and like ugly Kim Kardashian crying in the parking lot because it felt so wrong of me to leave my little perfect precious child into the care of someone else so but it also allowed me this like beautiful freedom to bring my whole self to work and be like an employee and not just a mom and I don't know about you but I love working like I won't trade I love having a team. So talking about being an entrepreneur, I think our generation sells or not just our generation, but there's this like dream out there about being an entrepreneur, having your own business. And yes, that is so cool and empowering. However, the realistic real talk here, life is expensive. And frankly, not all families can afford for someone to have a unsteady paycheck. So I just, one of the things my husband and I talk about, because we both have side, multiple side hustles, just like I know you do doula work and you have the podcast. We both do side hustles and we always talk about like, well, it's really nice to have the freedom to decline work and be able to choose our clients than to like have to take a client because we need the money that month. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And also like to your point, I mean, in general, childcare is, is, very um, expensive. And I think it's like definitely a big issue. But um, what helped me like recently, like before I was kind of like, yeah, like, oh, what's, what's the way out? Like, oh, it almost costs like as much to send them to daycare as like I'm pulling in. And I was really focused on what my income was and what childcare was because I was replacing that. But once I started to look at, at like me and my husband's income, and how much is removed from childcare? I was like, okay, I mean, it's still a huge chunk, but it's not just like it's not just me that's paying for childcare. It's both of us that are covering that cost of childcare. And so it really like kind of helped offset thinking like, oh wow, like I could just stay home and mm-hmm. kind of weigh yeah. out those yeah. expenses. And I mean, like for me and my situation, like it is like I do make more than like the cost of childcare compared to like if I were to like stay home and like have to supplement income in some other forms or ways or, or something to, to make up the difference. But like, yeah, I think it's just, there's like so many layers to it and there's just, you know, there's so much going on, but I think like, yeah, like again, with your point, I like working. I like working in a team. I like having, you know, somebody above me that's like instructing me to kind of do something, but then I get the freedom to kind of then run with my work, how I'm structuring it, but it's not, I'm not searching for the clients. Like I'm not the one doing all that crazy work. Like I'm not like, you know, worried about like, we didn't make budget or we have to cut costs here or this or that, or like, you know, go there and that. Um, And I think sometimes like that's very, humbling like relaxing to think of like as a parent because you have so many other things that like you're juggling like you said like having the freedom to choose like 
when and how many, like I say, like I can take like one doula client a month. That's like all I can, you know, fit into my schedule, but I still want to do all of those things. And I think it's just, yeah, like restructuring, like how you're laying out your things. And also like, what, how do you feel like if somebody's like, oh, well, like you work, you're a mom, like you're doing all these other things. Like why, like, why do you feel like so called to do like more than just those two things? Oh gosh. I mean, that, that in itself, that question is multi-layered. Um, but one, we have to comment on how I love how you reframed the mindset around the cost of daycare. The other thing that thing helps is to understand that daycare is only temporary. They will go to school. We won't have that bill. And when we don't have that bill, we're going to feel so rich, my friends. We're going to feel, <laughs> I'm going to feel loaded when I don't have that daycare bill. But anyway, um, I, why? I think being a mom gives you so much purpose I just know that I love, I love working towards for, so my, I'm a child of immigrants. My parents immigrated to this country to give my sister and I a better life, to give themselves a better life. And why I do all this is to give my children, my son, and hopefully a future one along the way, hopefully a, the life that I didn't have, that is seriously what drives me every day. Like it's so like just that purpose of like, I want you to be able to go to summer camp that my family couldn't afford. I don't want to have to deny you if you want to go out for McDonald's. Like one story that always sticks with my head is, I don't know, I was maybe like five or six and I asked my mom if we could go to McDonald's because I really wanted a fish fillet. That's like my favorite thing on the menu. <laughs> I know it's so gross. <laughs> it still is. I still love the McDonald's fish fillet. But I remember my mom like kind of pausing and telling me, we don't have the money this week. And that, I think as a six-year-old, like I didn't really think much of it, but it did stay with me. And I feel like I, when I remember that moment, I remember, remember my mom's shame and guilt that she felt like she couldn't give me this like fast food sandwich because we didn't have the money for it. And I just never, I, I don't want that. I don't want to deny my child that. I think on the other side is you don't want to spoil your kids. <laughs> So it's really hard for me to like not not spoil my son and not just give him everything he wants because it's like, oh, this is the childhood. I'm living my childhood vicariously through you. So that's another that's another challenge, but that is why I do all the things. But then I also like like it. Don't like don't you like using your brain in different ways? Like it's mm -hmm. just it's fun. Like I'm sure like that doula work sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's just like, I haven't like fully grasped like what my purpose is or what like, you know, my potential is because I don't think I've like reached that limit. And so like, I feel like I continuously do more because like, I feel like I have the capacity to take it on. And I think like a lot of people don't realize that like, it's all been like layered. Like first I was working and then I became a mom and then like I dove into the birth community. So, and then like podcasting, like, I think it's just all of these things that like, I feel like I have the capacity to take them on and they've come in layers. It's not just like one day I woke up and I was all these things, but like, true. I've so wanted, true. yeah. And like, I've wanted to take on like every opportunity that like, like how you said, like you want to give your kids that opportunity. Like 
I get like crazy ideas in my head. Like, wouldn't it be cool if, and then like, I try to go for it because like, I think if we're not pushing ourselves to those capacities or we're thinking about it, I mean, like you say, you're from Jersey. We were originally from Pennsylvania. We moved to South Carolina and we were just like, why not? That was like very shocking for a lot of like our family and friends. Like they're like, why are you doing this? And we were like, because we have the idea of it now. This was like right after we got married. And we said, like, if we don't like it, we can always go back. And I think, like, that's how I take on, like, all these other things. Like, if I didn't like podcasting, I'd, you know, goodbye, like, not want to do it. But, like, I feel so lit up having these conversations. Like, I enjoy, like, editing them and, like, learning, like, all the techie stuff with it. Like, I get so lit up from that. So I'm like, well, why would I stop it? So, Yeah. yeah, I think it's just, I, yeah. I'm like adding on all these little layers. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a form of expression too. I think what's nice about being a working parent is that you also get to shift into another identity. Like when you're on a team meeting, you don't have to be, you don't have to be mom. That sounds so bad, but you bring another side of yourself. And I have found that working is a form of expression. So I, and yeah, I mean, I guess I'm really fortunate. I like I like what I do. So I think that's probably another layer to it. But then there are days where I really don't like it, but then I really <laughs> like I like the paycheck. That's my that's my happy hour every two weeks is when the paycheck hits the bank account. I'm like, okay, I like my job again. <laughs> like, um, I guess I'll keep this up. <laughs> yeah. I think a question that a lot of moms ask and a lot of moms are wondering is how do you do it all? Like what does your day look like? Does it, can I, am I like interviewing you now? (laughs) I'm down for it. Yeah. Yeah. What does your day look like in terms of like a normal, normal work day? Oh gosh. Well, yeah. And it's like the kids and my husband are out by seven. And so like really starting at that point. Yeah. Like he has to be in at seven 30. So he is like in the office. Um, Mm -hmm. he does like the nine to five in the office, but like, that's his structure. He likes that. He really likes like the drive, the commute, things like that. Like I'm home. So like seven o'clock they're out. Like if maybe there was like a project or something that I needed to get a bunch of drawings, like together, maybe I woke up a little bit earlier or I was like, you know, like doing it the night before just like a few hours, but mostly it's like seven o'clock. We're starting our day. I wave goodbye to them out the driveway and um I come into here or I grab some coffee and like that's my like commute like just like getting a cup of coffee like decompressing a little bit taking a moment to make that shift and make that transition from like mom mode to like okay like I'm in my work (laughs) zone and then um really it's kind of like it it changes because like the dynamic of my work so we mostly like you know do consulting like engineering any like projects and stuff that we're working on, like all the design build, things like that. So I'm either, you know, like doing calculations or uh, working like all of our programs, really just kind of like laying that out. And then maybe I have like a podcast interview, like during lunch or like, you know, like the afternoon or something that I've like blocked off, like that's when I'm taking my lunch. And so I think that's what's really cool too, because like I can flex that kind of stuff. And then also maybe like when I'm out in the kitchen, I'm like doing some dishes or like I'm throwing in a load of laundry, like because I'm home, like I'm able to like task off like some of those things. And then um, like Tuesday is dance class. So like 
dances at five o'clock. So like, I'm not working past five o'clock on Tuesdays. And so like, that's kind of like every day has like a little bit of a different thing that I'm like trying to accomplish. I'm not trying to like do everything all in like every single day. Um, but yeah, yeah. And then my husband comes home at six and dinner is done and ready and kids are home either like I've picked them up or like he picks them up on his way home and we have dinner together as a family like we all sit down and then we get nap time going our youngest is like down and asleep by seven like he is (gasps) he's very routine (laughs) that's beautiful yeah he just turned one I guess by the time this comes out maybe he'll be like almost two (laughs) but like he is like in bed asleep good to go doesn't normally wake up our oldest she is like hit or miss she wants to like stay up and be with us and I think like sometimes that has a lot to do with like maybe she didn't see us all day because on the weekends she'll like be ready for bed like last night she was kind of like okay like I'm ready for bed send me up we were like doing movie night and um we were like okay like you're ready for bed like she went right in and didn't make a peep until morning but like Friday nights we've been trying to do game nights and then Sunday night is movie night so like it's really kind of like restructuring our schedule so like day to day is different every day but like also mostly the same Mm -hmm. and then like I would say like weekly though it's like pretty routine game nights, movie nights, and then like dance class. And I'm sure like as they get older, there'll be like other after school activities and things going on. But yeah, like work is is very flexible in that regards. Like it's like get 40 hours in and that's your week. And I mean, we have like core hours. We mainly need to be available, but um, I don't have a problem with that. Like I know like those are my working hours and I I like having that set structure because then it's also like, I'm not getting a call at nine o'clock at night. Like, where is this or where is that? Um, Or like, like I always, I, I was just talking to my husband the other day and he's like, if we had like a self-standing like office or something, like what if there was a robbery or like a fire or like somebody needed to get in or like having to structure all of that. I think it just sounds like super overwhelming for like the season of life that we're in right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I think it that makes a lot of sense. Like I, and do, wait, my question was what time do you wake up and then what time do you go to bed? So typically I'm not up until like kids are up. So like right now it's kind of like a, they're my alarm clock, which like Ooh, I don't delicious. want to be forever, but like um, it works because I really like my sleep. And I tend to like to do me time like after they go to bed. So like I said, like Isaac's down by seven. And so Rosie, she's our oldest, like it's like hit or miss, but usually she's in bed by eight. So then like from eight to 10, it's kind of like me time or like other chore time, um, like things like that. And so by like 10 o'clock, we're we're asleep, like in bed, done, like at least like in the process like phones are off like we're laying down like the intent is to be asleep by 10 and then and then yeah and then um six o'clock is usually like up so like from six to seven it's like getting up getting ready getting out 
And so I, I think, I think that kind of works. And then we've actually, this is like, a, again, like it's like a long process of like planning and doing because we just started, we have nights off and we have mornings off between me and my husband. So Tuesday and Thursday nights, I have quote unquote off. So I put the baby to bed and once he's out, I'm free to do whatever I want. So from seven to 10, I get to like either go out and meet up with moms or like do like, yeah, like do, you know, podcasting stuff or really kind of like structure my life that way. And then I also have like the following morning off. So like if any of the kids get up in the middle of the night or like early in the morning, he's going in and getting them Wednesday morning and Friday morning. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then also it's like reverse for me. So like he has off like Monday nights and Wednesday nights and then Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. So like that way, because I think it was a lot of like, like I just was in there, you go in there. Like, you know, like Mm -hmm. I've been doing it like every night this week. Like, can't you like it, like it, it creates that resentment between like, it's always me. Like I'm always the one like getting up and going in and, you know, if they had a nightmare or it like, sometimes it does fall like, um, oh, it's like your night and like the like baby doesn't go down. So then like you're staying up and like things like that. Like it has been a little bit like, Hey, like help me out because like both kids are up and crying and puking or pee, (laughs) you know, like it's like, okay, like jump in here. But, um, and I was like sick a couple weeks ago and it was supposed to be like his night off. And I was like, I like, I can't do it. Like I need to just go to bed. So then we like kind of flipped and flopped, but um, yeah, I think just like structuring it and like relaying like how you're feeling with your partner and saying like, Hey, like I could use a night off once a week to like intentionally plan something for myself. Can you do that? And then like, hopefully your partner's accommodating to that kind of stuff. And again, like this was something we meet every Friday for lunch. My husband has like half day Fridays. And so, yeah. So we like meet for lunch and we have like a lunch date because like dinner dates are just like we're tired. We don't really like, you know. (laughs) Agreed. I haven't had a dinner date in a long time. (laughs) But yeah, like our lunch dates are very structured. And like we say, like kind of like where we're feeling that we need like more support or like what's going on. Um, and things like that. And that that's where we came up with like our night off because he also, he likes to like play guitar and like play around with that. Like it's just a hobby of his. And he was like, man, I'm not like, you know, spending time like playing my guitar and like playing my video games and like doing the things that I want to do because like, you know, we're always like staying up later with the kids and and doing this stuff. So we kind of structured it that way that he can have that like intentional time to do his hobbies and his fun things, because I think like you need that as a parent. Oh yes, absolutely. I mean, that's like why we have our like cute little side hustles too, is we need our time, but I love how you, the, the way that your husband and your husband, the way that you and your husband structured it really helps so that you don't do any scorekeeping a lot of couples will like, that's how a lot of friction and conflict builds is because there's a lot of scorekeeping about who does what, when. So I love that you almost eliminated that by having these nights off or nights on. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about I, for you? 
we're not structured with that, but we also only, not only, but we have one child right now. So maybe when there's a second one that comes along, we might have to do some of that. But I, I go to bed with Archie, my son. So when I put him to bed, I'm in bed. I know that sounds psychotic. Like he goes to bed around eight, maybe eight 30, which I think is a little late for a two and a half year old, but it's just the way just the way the cookie crumbles in our house. But I, and I think it's because I get ready for bed too. So I'll give him a bath. I'll lay him down, give him his milk. He'll watch TV. I'll go shower. Then I come out, fill the humidifier, brush teeth. And then we, I read a couple books and then he knows like lights out and he's, he goes to bed just fine. I think because he gets so much of that attention and then lights out, I'll read my book. So I'll, I'll lay in bed and read. So I'll have a little bit of that me time, but like very low technology, right? And I'll go to bed. But then I'm up because I'm in bed so early. I will also wake up around 5.30. And I actually get ahead of my work day. I use, I I let my son sleep in. That's why I'm like, oh man, everyone's out of the house by seven. That's crazy, but actually sounds really nice. So I will work until my son gets up usually around seven, seven thirty. So I have that like two and a half hours to either build my, which was my podcast. Like I built my podcast like an hour at a time, you know, cause as a new mom, it's really hard to find that time. Like I know probably a lot of you listening, they're like, I would love to do something like that, but there's no time. But even if you just allocate 45 minutes or an hour and you do that little bits every day like you will build that whatever thing that you're looking to build or learn that skill it, it really is worth it so I the that little time in the morning is golden for me because you know how it is and then the work day comes and I'm on calls all day or I'm working on work stuff and then I will like it is flexible where I can weave in a podcast interview or two and oh yeah, I told you I do, I do some talent management too. So I have like another little side hustle that is mostly emails. So I can weave that into my work day, luckily. Um, and then by four, four thirty, I pick up my son and then I think a lot of families can relate to this four thirty to seven or bedtime. That is, that is family time. So that's dinner, cleaning, et cetera. So it's interesting, like every, you're right. Every day looks a little different depending on things that I work on, but every day is a little bit the same, but I also really love that and weekends. So I know weekends can be crazy for a lot of moms. I had a very crazy weekend this last weekend. It was Ikea visiting in-laws, going to a kid's birthday party, the whole nine yards. It was a lot. This coming weekend, I literally put my calendar block off for rest time. (sighs) Because you know how it could be. Then you get behind on everything if you don't have like a weekend off. Yeah. 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 I think like weekends are so much fun because like we get to play with that time like so much more. And I think like, you know, that goes to like, you know, having a nine to five, like having like being an employee, like typically like you get the weekend off, like you clock out, like you leave, you're not back. Um, and I think like having that and knowing like, okay, like I don't have to touch engineering work, like over the weekend, like I get to, you know, tap into other things and like be with the kids more and just like kind of full force, like Saturday, Sunday, like almost like flip up our routine. 
And um, yeah, I think it's just fun. And like, we also like structured like Saturday mornings, like my husband takes the kids to the gym because he wants to go to the gym. He wants to like have like allocated time. There is a daycare at the gym. So like they stay there, you can leave them there up to two hours. Like if you're like on the like property, like in the gym um, and it's like included in your membership. So it's like two hours of childcare. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And so he takes them there and that's like, I've been studying for my PE and um, that's like professional engineering exam. And I either like use that time to like study more or like work on podcast stuff. And it's like an intentional, like two hour gap that like, I get to do that. And like, I don't feel guilty, like leaving them because I'm like intentionally planning out like my time. It's not like I'm leaving them to like, I don't know, like not pursue anything or like, cause I want to, or like go off and do random stuff. Cause like I heard, or I listened to like your Amsterdam, uh, podcast with you, like going off for your work trip. And I think it's like, you do have to have that, like purpose behind like what you're doing because it's going to like drive up your anxiety and it's going to be harder to leave your kids if like you're not excited or like feel fulfilled from like going and doing those things that you're doing and so um yeah I think you know like what how do you feel about that like leaving them to go and like work or like putting them in childcare? yeah well my my feelings have changed I think in the beginning, of course, I experienced so much guilt, but as I think it also helps when they get older, because now like Archie looks forward to daycare and like loves seeing his friends and they do so many activities. It's like someone that is paid to pay attention to them 24, like not 24 seven, but you know what I mean? Like paid to pay attention to them the whole time versus me who I can pay attention to you, but then like, I need a minute. I need a minute to like sit and not pay attention to anything. So my feelings have changed. I don't feel any mom guilt anymore because I learned that when I do put time for myself, that is an investment to my family because I'm much more patient. My brain is more rested. I can be more creative. I can be more fun because I think we've all had that mom experience where we are so burnt out, we don't have anything left to like play pretend or do an art project together or be like, or actually like act excited when your kid is telling you something, you know, and they're, and they're like fumbling through the words. Cause you know, the toddler, the toddler stage is like, uh, and then, and then, and then like, it's like very, it takes like five minutes for a sentence. You're like, yeah, yeah, buddy. And and then what happened? So like, and you don't have that energy all the time. So I try to like, when I'm rested, I find that I am so much more fun as a mom. And when I'm not rested, I am not fun. But I feel like that's true for most people. So yeah, it's changed. I think a lot of women lose themselves in motherhood. And of course, I've also been there too. I've found that I've lost myself in periods And it's when you don't do the things that fill your cup that you lose yourself. Actually, I had a dad on my podcast that was talking about he didn't even know what his hobbies were anymore or like what he found joy in because he'd gotten so lost in parenthood that he actually went back to like his teenage years and like he's like, okay, what did I enjoy when I was a teenager? And he started listening to the same music that he listened to as a teenager. He started to do some of the things that he did like skiing and playing guitar and it was just interesting that's how he kind of found himself 
like it's almost like go back to your last like a system like isn't there when you like your computer crashes you can go back to the last saved right (laughs) version like I don't know how to describe that but he went back to like the last time he felt some sort of like excitement over something because I think we've all also been there of like I don't even know what I like anymore yeah (laughs) that makes perfect sense and that's definitely something that like I was struggling with you know back before and like you saying that like yeah that click like there was like a moment that I was like who am I like other than just like like working and like being an engineer and like being a mom like I didn't have anything outside of that like I didn't even feel like I was like putting time aside to like hang out with friends and like when we would hang yeah. out like it was just like play dates and we would just watch our kids and like you'd just be chasing after your own child making sure that they don't like fall off something like yep. you didn't get to like stop and chat and sit with each other so like I started my journey like just seeking out conversation and really just connecting with other moms and saying like how are you doing this? Or like, how are you not losing your mind? Or like, how do you know who you are? Or who are you? And um, yeah, after like having so many conversations, like that's what initiated my podcast and really like got the ball going with that. And I think it's just like a continuous journey of like uncovering like why I'm doing these things and like why I feel called to like do other things. And um, yeah, I think it's just, it's it's not ending anytime soon. Like- <laughs> Yeah, no, I know. And you were sharing your experience that you had someone ask you like what the end goal was, which I found yeah, like what's your purpose in life? Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't like, I don't know if there's an end to, but it's like, is there, I don't know, like, but you also can't plan it. Right. Like, I don't know. I never knew like you're, I don't know, let's say five years ago, I had no idea I would be sitting in New Jersey on a six figure farm in front of a microphone recording a podcast about motherhood would have never like dreamed that that was my future. So can you really know like, right. what the end goal is? Or what? Yeah. And I feel like it's so limiting when like you do place like a purpose or a goal on it and say like, this is what my goal is. Like, this is all I'm doing. Like, this is my life purpose because like you're not exposed to all the other different possibilities. And I think like when I try to explain that to some people, they're like, oh, well, we can go down this like rabbit hole of like, there's never ending possibilities and stuff. But yeah, like, what, where great. do you want to focus? And I'm like, but that is my focus, like the random possibilities that could be anything. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. The I, magical experience, right. The magic of life is like these open, like these little rabbit holes we can go down. It's great. Like yeah. otherwise life can get really monotonous and boring, especially when you're a mom, because you do fall into these like routines and every day is kind of the same. Like we were saying, if we're not, not going down the rabbit hole, there's, you know, we got, we have to go down the rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. Intentionally. Yes. (laughs) Maybe like put a tether on and and go down the rabbit hole, but like, so you can like go back to that, that restart, right? (laughs) Yeah. Block off your calendar for rabbit for going down the rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. Like I took, um, I took a, a pottery class. I did three semesters of a pottery class last summer and it was really cool. I really, it, it was something so different that I'd never done before that I had zero skill in, but it was a challenge in like sucking at something too. It was really good. I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm good at everything. I just mean like, I don't, nobody likes to suck at anything, but ultimately you, you always suck at something in the beginning. So it was like a good, it was a good 
it was a teachable moment for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I really like, so I had a V-back with my second and like, I really like to focus with like V-back mamas. And like, that reminds that. me like something that I just recently told another mom, like she was like, well, I've never had a vaginal birth. Like, how am I supposed to prepare for this? Like I have a kid, like I should know like what to expect, but like, I haven't done that. So like, I recommend it her just to try things that she's never done before. Like it could just be like silly little things. Like, I don't know, taking like a walk into like a different store, going a different way, like down, like maybe you drive to work like the same exact way every single time. Just try going Mm -hmm. a different way. You're still going to get to work. Like you're still going to get to your destination, but like you're doing it differently. And I think giving yourself the confidence to be able to try something new and succeed in it and seeing that like you can do things differently and that there is like another way or even just like gaining that confidence to like try something like pottery or you know like go take an art class or a pottery class or go take a dance class like maybe you're like oh I'm terrible at dancing like just go step into that realm like even if it's like your local gym and like you're doing something different like you're gonna probably feel silly like you're gonna think that like you look dumb but like it's teaching you and like teaching your brain, like, oh, I can do new things and like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. And, and Ooh, you're feeling, like that. comfortable with that feeling. So, I'm and she was like, oh, so yeah. <laughs> love that. Yeah. I think she took her kids to the zoo because she was like nervous because she has like, it's two other um, cesareans and then it will be her, her third. And like, she was like, well, I'm, I'm super pregnant and like, I can't get around and everything, but like she took them to the zoo and she was like, oh, look, like I did something that I think I didn't think that I was able, like capable of, and I did it and it was fine and we succeeded. So I love that. that. (laughs) That's yeah. I think our self-esteem definitely gets battered in motherhood just for so many different reasons. Like we can, uh, an example yesterday, actually, um, my kid, like, I don't know, we were on the go, right. We were at Ikea and then we went to go see my in-laws and he didn't really have proper meals. And he ate like a ton of Cheetos at my in-laws. Number one, not usually my food of choice, but you know, and then he threw up on the way home in the car. And I felt terrible felt like a really my self-esteem definitely took a hit because I was like man I'm such a bad mom what was I doing like I knew he had to eat right so I think motherhood does batter you so it is nice to like intentionally build your confidence in new things I I love how you put that teaching your brain your brain is so where our brains are so powerful like so So, much more powerful than we can imagine yeah 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 yeah. Oh, I think there's just so much there. And like, I feel like you said, like we have talked about so many different things and I really honestly, like, wasn't sure like where the conversation was going to go, but like knowing that, like, you know, we're both working moms. We both like want like other different hobbies and passions and stuff out of life and just like how we're kind of like, quote unquote, doing it all. Um, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, wait, before, before we go, you mentioned also how we do it all, like looking at it of like at a week, like things that you get done in a week basis. I do that too. Like, don't nobody listening, do not make a daily to-do list that that's a good way to kill your self-esteem also, because it's really hard. So I, I also have a weekly to-do list and sometimes it moves weeks and that's okay. I feel like that is how we do it all because I actually don't do it all, but I do. Like I don't do it all every day, but it all does get done 
in yeah. like a week or week's time. I think it's just how we got to train our brains to think about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think like making things a priority and like really laying out like what those things are. Like, like you said, like I have a mirror out in my other room that like I want hung and I'm like, it's literally like on the floor, like in the other room. And so it's on the weekly to-do list, but (laughs) it's been moving um, a couple weeks. So it's just like, it's right. It's there. And I think like, you know, dropping that mom guilt, shame, like, or even just, you know, human guilt, shame, like whatever. Like, and I think just really like being okay with like, yeah, it didn't get done, but like, look at what I did accomplish and seeing it in that sense. Because I think when we look at it in that way, like we do realize like we're doing a lot of other things and like things are getting done. Like maybe not quote unquote, all the things that like we wanted to get done that week, but like, we're still accomplishing a lot and we're raising little people. So yeah. And this craziness is temporary. I tell my husband this all the time because we, he's very intimidated by having a second child. He really did not want a second child and we're doing it because probably because I want it honestly, but I tell, I tell, cause I think he's intimidated by it because of the craziness of the newborn stage and the little kid phase. And I'm like, it's temporary. I probably like, this is only for a few years. Like it's not forever, which mm-hmm. is both good and bad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can have a talk with my husband (laughs) and he'll say it's because I think he was very much the same. Like he was like, how are we going to like pile on another one? And I was like, because like we are and like we're doing it. So and I you were like, because we are uh, (laughs) and like, yeah, and we don't feel like we're finished yet. So like, I don't know when more kids or if more kids are going to come. But again, like that capacity level, like I feel like we could still take on more. So like, I don't feel like we're done. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep Ooh. adding on. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I love, I love that. Yeah. Well, it was so nice chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming and talking. So let's, um, you know, go through like what your podcast is, how we can reach you, like where you're hanging yes. out mostly, like give us all that information. Oh yes. Okay. Self promo time. <laughs> okay. I'm on Instagram at Lena Forrestal. I was an OG blogger, so I had a blog, but you don't need to look at it. I also have a podcast Instagram at new mama's podcast. And then you can listen to the podcast. If you want to add, you know, another podcast to your listening repertoire. I have a ton of podcasts I listen to. I know I love to have variety. It's new mama's podcast available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Awesome. Do you have any final words of wisdom that you would like to pass on to a new mom? Ooh, take things one little thing at a time. Sometimes when I feel very overwhelmed by, let's say, like the physical state of my house, I will literally say, I'm going to take this cup, I'm going to walk it to the sink. And then I'm going to like literally break it down in your brain by like the tiniest things, like one thing at a time. And then after all those one things at a time, then you'll have a clean kitchen. That's kind of like how I try to do my life. Cause the overwhelm is real, man. Like everyone listen. I know, you know, like the overwhelm is real one tiny step at a time. That is my advice. Love it. Well, thanks again. This has been so much fun. Awesome. Thanks everyone. 
Thank you, mamas, so much for listening. Remember, you are a rock star. I believe in you. Let's doula this. Let's crank it up a notch and let's kick it into high gear together. Hit that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Message me, email me, call me, beat me. You know how to reach me. We're doing this, mamas. I am so excited to catch you here next week. This is your one-stop go-to place for helping you find the resources you need to make the best choices for you and your family during pregnancy, birth, and most importantly, postpartum. See you later, mamas.